The Lord be with you. And with A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. After the wise men had left, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother with you, and escape into Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, because Herod intends to search for the child and do away with him. So Joseph got up and, taking the child and his mother with him, left that night for Egypt, where he stayed until Herod was dead. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, and in Bethlehem and its surrounding districts, he had all the male children killed who were two years old or under. Reckoning by the date, he had been careful to ask the wise men. It was then that the words spoken through the prophet Jeremiah were fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, sobbing and loudly lamenting. It was Rachel, weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting, isn't it, that the church puts these weird juxtapositions right in the middle of, of Christmas. Yesterday we had Mary at the tomb. What a strange reading to have after the birth of Christ. And today we have the death again of, of these innocent children. I think the church is so wise in her liturgy. You know, like anyone who knows anyone knows that Christmas can be such a bittersweet time for us. Think of anyone who's had a death recently in their family. How do you celebrate Christmas when, you know, grandma or, or your child is not there? How are you supposed to celebrate when that's your situation? Um, but in the church's liturgy, it kind of affirms and picks up on that reality that, that the body of Christ is experiencing. Um, I love, too, that we always come here as creatures of need or as sinners. And as I've said before, that doesn't necessarily mean we're out committing heinous crimes. It means we always come with our need. We always come with our um, misery, if you like. I think it was Pope Francis who wrote that document, and he says, the heart of misery meets with the heart of mercy. Like That's God's heart and our heart. They're, they're made for each other. God desires to meet us precisely in our misery and our mess. But, but you'll notice, like, the church doesn't begin its liturgy with... God, I've tried very hard and I've had a virtuous week and therefore I'm here. That's not how our liturgies begin. Lord, we have sinned. Have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Um, we come imploring regardless of where exactly we are in our journey. Um, and so we hear from John's letter. Yesterday we heard about the word that could never have been known but has been made manifest. Today we hear of of God who is light, and in him there is no darkness. I love the way John puts all these if-then statements. Just have a listen to this. If we say we are in union with God, while we are living in darkness, we are lying because we are not living the truth. But if we live our lives in the light, as he is in the light, we are in union with others, with, with one another. And that light purifies us. If we say we have no sin, we're liars. We're deceiving ourselves. But if we acknowledge our sins, 
if we acknowledge our neediness, which is perpetual, then God's forgiveness and mercy comes like a torrent, you know. Our, our misery doesn't stand a chance. If anyone should sin, I love this, I'm writing this, my children, that you would stop sinning. But if anyone sins, it's kind of like, look, it's going to happen. <laughs> if anyone sins, we have our advocate with the Father, Jesus, who is just. He, he is the sacrifice. In other words, let's be utterly authentic, utterly, utterly vulnerable before our God, because we don't need to protect ourselves from him. He is our protection. He is our advocate. He is our judge. He's the one pleading for us. We don't need to try and justify ourselves in front of him. And, and this isn't in just John's letter. It continues in the psalm. If the Lord had not been on our side, then we would have been conquered long ago. You know? Forgive me, but as I was preparing today, my mind couldn't help but, but, but go to a topic which, which is taboo in our modern culture. But, but I've done the research and, and I've researched around the point. So I want to share some of this just to put in our minds so that we can raise these intentions in our own silent prayer before the Eucharist. You know, we hear in, in the Gospel that Joseph receives this angelic apparition. I, if you've heard me say this before, angels are not angels because of what they are, because they're spiritual beings. Angels are angels because of what they do. An angel is a messenger. Therefore you, and you, and you, and you, have an angelic office to fulfill. We're all messengers of God. This is why John the Baptist is depicted with angel wings. He's not an angel, he's a man, but he's a messenger. This is why, in fact, many of our saints are depicted with angel wings. Um, we don't turn into angels when we die. We hopefully turn into angels here on earth for the sake of the world. But what is the message that we bring now? What is our proclamation to the world? The research I did was around the, the, the tragic topic of abortion. I've said here, like, I did a little bit of research, and the data is extrapolated from two particular states that happen to keep this data on record. Other states don't keep it, so the, so the, the data is extrapolated from there. But here are the crude numbers. It said that in 2018, an estimated 73,800 Young lives were were, um, were ended. In 2017, it was 71,000. In one state alone, 212,000 uh, abortions have occurred in the past 50 years. Like these numbers are staggering, aren't they? They're just incredible. Um, and there's been a 200% increase since since legislation. Um, now this is, this happens by virtue of the vulnerability of the human condition. Fear drives us to do horrible things, tragic things. Um, I'd like to say there's, there's only victims in this scenario. The mothers, the fathers, the, the community, the children. There's only victims here. Um, so there's no judgment coming from, from the church on this thing. In fact, um, in these days the church can do very little judging. We've got our own atrocities to answer for, um, and the statistics are there as well to, to sort of slap us in the face. Aside from that, it says here, on a completely different topic, under one year old, mortality comes from um, 
pre, pre perinatal or congenital or unknown causes, sudden infant death syndrome, um, accidental threats to breathing. These are the kind of things that, that um, by pure accident, claim young lives. From the age of 1 to 14, the major cause of death is transport accidents, so on the road. Or, believe it or not, brain cancer is somehow a very high statistic. I wasn't aware of this. Um, now, this is even more tragic. From the age 15 onward, suicide becomes the most prominent cause of death. And, and when I mean onward, I mean in, in the 15 to 24 bracket, in the 24 to 40 bracket, it just stays there. It's a different kind of abortion, isn't it? It's a different kind of opting out. Yeah, I can't stand this life anymore. Tragic. Where are we as a people? It says here also accidental poisoning is a major cause for people in their, um, basically their 20s to, to 40s. I wonder if that's, that's regarding things like alcohol and drug abuse. You know, you think to yourself, it's sad that the church is, is portrayed as a bit of a prude, you know, wagging its finger at the naughty culture. But, but look at St. John's words, you know. If, then, like it's basic causation, one thing has to lead to another. And this stuff in our culture is leading to death. Let's simply raise all of our concerns, and certainly there's, there's, there's other things that are in our minds, but let's raise these all um, with the martyrs who now enjoy the peace of Christ, and let's know in confidence that our, that our misery is heard and God's mercy is more lavish than we've ever known.